What's up, good people? This is Brandon Ramon. Some of y'all know me as Rebel Ramon. Been getting a lot of requests lately. People wanting to hear more from me um, about my opinions on art and culture, different things that's going on, societal issues and different things like that. So I decided to go ahead and quit procrastinating and start a podcast. It's called The Industry Misfit. Has a lot to do with my personality. If you know me, you know I'll go against the grain. I'm rebellious. I'm going to do things my way. You know what I mean? So it's only right now that I'm embarking on this entertainment industry and I'm pursuing my dreams and getting everything out here. You know, I'm never I'm never going to follow the mold of, of what people typically would consider Hollywood. So I just thought this was a great podcast to reach out and talk to people, special friends, special guests from all different aspects of life. Just things that I feel like would be beneficial to speak about. As for myself, I, uh, I write, I direct, um, have a book coming this year, have some music coming this year, have some film coming this year. I'm really excited um, about sharing these things with you all. The whole 2018 for me was a rebuilding year. Um, coming to LA, moving to LA. Uh, been here for about two months now. Um, just writing and creating art and working behind the scenes, getting ready to put out some great art and uh, connect with you all, you know, through through the culture. Today I got my homeboy Les from back home with me. Been my homeboy for now for we about we about uh 12 years in now. 12 years, man. 12 years in. It's, it's crazy. 12 years in, man. Just that quick. Met me when I was a young whippersnapper, man. <laughs> Fresh out of high school. You know, he was working at the radio station and um we just we kept in contact. You know what I mean? Um real good dude, real cultural. He's my he's my go-to guy if I if I need a lifeline on some cultural stuff that I might have missed out on. You know, so I just wanted to share some things with you all on the, on the first podcast about 2018. You know, discuss a, a couple things, a couple movies and art projects that we felt stood out to us. Um, we're not doing the, the typical top five, top ten list. We just want to pinpoint and highlight some things that we really enjoyed this year. And, uh, you know, talk about 2018 as a whole in general and introduce myself to you all. A um, couple of the movies that I... um. I felt were really, really good. Um, I, I feel like, you know, the artists coming back in, in the film industry and, and people are being unique and they're creating art from their perspective and it's being more inclusive. I think uh, a lot of that is, is due to Jada's outcry a few years ago, the uh, boycott the, was it boycott the, the Oscars? Oscars. Mm-hmm. Boycott the Oscars. Um at the time, you know, some people was like, she just mad because Will didn't get the concussion uh, award, award for concussion, which was a good movie. But, um, you know, it was other movies that I thought were better, honestly. But I think that her outcry and boycotting um, actually starting to pay dividends. Mm-hmm. We're seeing a lot of minorities get their films made. We're seeing a lot of minorities start to get included. Still a long ways to go. But I'm real happy with the progress and kind of like this new renaissance wave of color people in the industry and color film that we're seeing. A couple of the movies that I really, really enjoyed uh, that I thought stood out to me that was kind of slept on was uh, Blind Spotting. Um, real good movie based in Oakland. Oakland been getting a lot of shine lately. Uh, based in Oakland, about two homeboys, one white, one black. They both come from the hood in Oakland. Um, they battling and, and trying to grow as men. They seeing, you know, their neighborhood get gentrified. Um, they're trying to get out of the hood mentality, um, per se. And, um, just like a clashing of the worlds and, and realizing things. You saw that film too, right? I saw it. Um, actually you told me to see this movie mm-hmm. and, uh, the very next day I went to go see it and, um, I thought it was great. I thought it was it's definitely a hidden gem of 2018. Obviously, they made it, they made Barack's list. Yeah, it made yeah. it made Barack Obama's yeah. list, and um, you know, I, I enjoyed it. I was on the edge of my seat the entire time. Um, I had to get a couple drinks afterwards. It really worked on my it's anxiety. Intense. It's intense. Very intense. Yeah. Strong performances from everyone in the movie, mm-hmm. and um, I can't wait to uh, see it again. Yeah, I'm I'm definitely looking forward to seeing that again. Uh, if y'all don't know. I'm a movie buff, a music head. Like I probably seen this year with the memberships with uh, 
I had movie pass to the first half of the year. That started going down. Now I got the AMC A-list. I've probably seen like 60 movies in the theater this year. So, you know, I, I go hard for the movies, man. It's what I enjoy. I study it at the same time. I enjoy it and learn things from it. But uh, definitely check out Blind Spotting. Bad Times at the El Royale is another movie that I thought was really slept on. Not too many people saw it. It's just a real one of those thrillers, twist and turn thrillers, uh, kind of like a mystery movie, you know, starts in a hotel and everybody's kind of like going after, you know, the same mission, trying to figure out what's going on. They're digging up things. Real interesting movie. I don't want to go into it too far because I feel like I'm giving it away. Did you get a chance to see that? Film? I saw it. Um, I liked it. Um, I give it a B. A B. Yeah. Um, I thought it was a little too long, but I liked it. It was very... Quentin Tarantino like, yeah. but uh, I really enjoyed it, especially the young lady um, who portrayed the singer. Her name is uh, hope I'm is it Cynthia Irevo? Yeah, she, okay, she she's real dope. Yeah, like she she's very talented, and um, to me, she stole the show. She was singing her ass off in that movie, and and the whole dynamic between her and uh, Jeff Bridges was was just fantastic. Like, yeah, I, I really enjoyed that film too. Um, another film which. It's kind of still gaining traction now. But sorry to bother you, man. Yeah. Uh, sorry to bother you. It's a quirky film. Very. <laughs> very quirky film. But I like uniqueness in film. Mm-hmm. And I like hidden messages in film. Because I feel like something is properly developed. If there's, you know, twists and turns. And there's behind meanings. Like deep meanings. You know, I don't like to watch vanilla stuff. Where you know everything that's right. going on. And you kind of could like get an idea of where this film is going. I might put, you know, put Sorry to Bother You as one of my favorite films of the year, you know? It was definitely one of mine, too. Of course, you know, um, Lakeith Stanfield's not going to let you down in, in anything that he does. Right. Um, very good movie. Like I said, you know, strong cast. I think what's going to happen with this movie is it's going to become a cult classic. To me, it's an instant cult classic. That's what you told me when we first talked. I felt, I felt like an hour in... I was like, this is going to be a cult classic. Mm-hmm. And let's not forget that Danny Glover was pretty funny in that movie, too. <laughs> He's hilarious. Yeah. Really He's enjoyed hilarious. it. Yeah. It was, it's, it's quirky. Definitely check out Sorry to Bother You. If you if you just like film, man, these, these are artistic films that we're discussing right now. Also, um, mid-90s. Mid-90s. You told me about that film before it came out, and I was excited to see it. Yeah, it was one of those situations where like the trailer dropped, and that was like the longest... Like five months, like I had to wait. <laughs> like I just couldn't wait to see it. I saw it open tonight. This movie resonated with me because uh, I that was my era, you right. know. And, and they got everything right when when it came to the the, the skateboards, the uh, the clothes, the t shirts they were wearing, like Alien Workshop and the slang. And um, you know, it wasn't it, you know PC language wasn't used. It's a good movie. If you haven't seen it, check it out. It's on like on demand now. You can mm-hmm. buy it on um, different uh, platforms. But uh, it's, it's really good. Jonah Hill's first time directing a movie, and uh, I think he nailed it. I think so, too, man. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. The one thing is um, everybody watches movies different, right? Mm-hmm. I think we we watch movies with a lot greater detail right. than most people watch movies. Mm-hmm. For, the, for the common viewer, what do you think a film director or writer can do in order to get people to see the nuances of a movie that make it great? Like, you get what I mean? Like, there's a lot of subtleties about a movie right. that makes a movie great in its own way. If you're a person who pays attention to detail, you're going to get it. If you're a cinephile, you're going to get it. Uh, you know, if you're a casual movie viewer, I think that uh, <laughs> you just might miss it. Just going to see Marvel. Yeah. Which is not a, a bad thing. Yeah, it's but a, it's an excellent it's franchise. Just, yeah. You know, of course, Black Panther. Every podcast mm-hmm. is going to talk about Black Panther and uh, and Avengers Infinity. Um you know what I mean? Those are great movies, and I really enjoyed them. And just because Black Panther is so significant, I think we we would be remiss not to mention it. Mm-hmm. Um, so significant to our culture, um, so much that you could take away from it. What I what I really took away from Black Panther, though, because I I've been new. I'm black. I got black pride already. So you know, seeing us on screen is always beautiful. But I don't need an extra boost in that area. Mm-hmm. But what I've seen is me and Ryan Coogler are like five months apart in age. Right. And seeing him, another urban kid, mm-hmm. break through 
in a corporate sense at this level mm-hmm. for them to give him directing uh, the opportunity to direct a $200 million film. Mm-hmm. That was beautiful to me. Right. And for him to execute and nail it because he wrote it, co-wrote it also. Right. So for him to execute that, it's like he cracked the code. You get what I'm saying? Because I've seen corporate America make excuses mm-hmm. in these situations because he's not as in terms of big movies. He's not. He wasn't that experienced. He had Fruitvale Station, mm-hmm. which was a million dollar budget. I think Creed was about thirty million, right. if I'm not mistaken. And then he went to two hundred million. They easily could have looked at him and said, "No, no, mm-hmm. we want somebody with more experience." Even if he was the best candidate, because they just wanted somebody who was more atypical, right? In terms of working with the thing with him is, if you watch interviews, he knows what he's doing. Mm-hmm. You can tell that by by the way he speaks. He's a movie buff too. I saw him. Um, on a panel with Michael B. Jordan at ComplexCon. Okay. Like in person. Okay. And, and, you know, it was a situation where you could sit there for an hour, hour and a half, and they can just go in depth about how this movie is going to change black film. Right. And, 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 and you know, black dollars right. in the future. So, uh, and he executed, man. He, he definitely executed. So that was, that was my, what did you take from Black Panther though? I liked in your it. perspective. I liked it. Like, and did, I even liked it, it better the second time. Yeah. Did it, did it hit you? Yeah. I'm responsible for four tickets to Black Panther too. I just want to put that out there. <laughs> I, su- I supported the hell out of it. You know what? I, I yeah. support so many movies. Um, before I had these memberships, like I seen, all the Chadwick's movies in the theater. I've mm-hmm. seen the Thurgood Marshall movie. I've seen Get On Up. And I've seen um, 42. Right. I've seen all of those. Mm-hmm. I've seen um, Queen of Katwe, okay. which is Lupita's movie, which people kind of like slept on and kind of I didn't see over. that, so. It's, it's like an Aquila and the Bee, but okay. it's just African. She's playing chess. Okay. Her, it's her, she's the, mo- the mother of the girl that's playing chess. Um, you know, I, I, so I've supported these people that's in this movie's films for a while, but it was good to see us get out and support a movie like that because we really did carry that to right. a whole new atmosphere that they probably didn't even see. They they were probably hoping for, you know, successful movie, mm-hmm. but we took it to where it was hard to beat. Yeah, like I mean, Avengers was probably the only movie to beat it out, right? The thing is, we saw Black Panther together, and we you did. could you could feel a sense of pride. Mm-hmm. I mean, people came dressed up, people came wearing black, right? And um, you know, it, it, that just made it even better going in to to watch the movie. It did just seeing all that. It did. Speaking of Ryan Coogler, um, another movie Creed Two, which came out, which he didn't direct this time, but I know he has some production going into it. But um, I thought the movie the movie turned out well to me. A lot of people said that they missed him uh, a little bit, or they they missed his presence. They could feel that his presence wasn't there. But I thought Stephen Capel Jr. did a great job directing, and also like the writing in the film. Um, you know the family dynamic. We never really seen it go that deep into detail. They did that with him, and they did that on the Drago side. Um, you know, just seeing his his woman and and the baby and all of those things. Um, I just think that they did a great job adding depth to the story. It was not just a boxing movie. Like, a, it really was some emotion behind it in, in a family sense. Um, I appreciate it. It was, it was a great movie to me. Um, I think they did a good job. I'm interested to see where they go in the third one, though. Another controversial movie um, that I saw that I really, really enjoyed and I think people should go see for themselves is Green Book. Um it was a, some controversy with the family of the gentleman that um, that uh, Mahershala played. Mm-hmm. And, you know, people kind of got turned off by some of the things that, you know, some, you know, celebrities or maybe some popular people might have been saying. Um, some of the things that um, that, kind you know, if, if press, if bad press come out before people see the movie, it, it really can ruin a movie. Right. You know, we seen that with. um with the the Nat Turner film right. a couple years ago, like negative spin and that ruined the whole thing. That movie wasn't that great though. <laughs> you, didn't, you didn't like the Nat Turner film. I, I just I just thought it fell short. Thought it fell know? short. Right. I just I thought think it they fell short. I think in editing mm-hmm. I think they took a lot out right. to make it more acceptable commercially. Yeah, but I heard it but it's it's not it's not Turner. I don't think it should be edited. I don't either. But what you know? can you do if right. you want to get it on a big screen? Right. You right. Know? Um, but yeah, I mean, the story, the story alone is graphic. So it's hard mm-hmm. if you got to edit it, 
you know, you right. might as well just put it out underground if you want it to be portrayed right. You get what I'm saying? Or just release it to a platform. Right. Where, you right. know, you don't have to worry about a ratings board. So, right. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, Green Book was, was good, man. I, I thought um, I didn't see anything in there that, that made me uncomfortable as a black man. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you hate to see a story be told where the family doesn't think that it was portrayed right. Right. And then again, you got to think like how much of the family that's complaining actually knew him mm-hmm. on a day to day basis because it's generations ago. Right. So they basically going off of what they think as well. Exactly. You know uh, I haven't seen it yet. I am going to see it. I have heard certain people say, you know, we're tired of the uh, magical Negro in movies. I didn't feel like this is a sequel to Bagger Vance. No. You know, so I'm definitely going to check it out. That's one thing, too, in our community that I, that I don't like sometimes mm-hmm. Everybody is not going to be hood or urban. Right. Everybody's not going to walk or talk the same just because we all black. You mm-hmm. get what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. people that know me know what environment I'm from. Mm-hmm. But when I'm outside that environment, it's a lot of people that is shocked to know that I'm from there right. or that I've been through that because I don't I don't carry myself as I'm lesser than right. or that I'm you know what I mean? Like some I get in a, a, a room and I feel like I'm equal to anybody in there, regardless right. if they grew up in this environment. Mm-hmm. I don't care. You get what I'm saying? But a lot of people, like you, they critique people that don't come from urban or don't act urban or don't have that blackness. We all come from like a different background. Now, I don't want you to go and sell out and be on some sucker shit. Mm-hmm. I'm never for that. You, right. need to, you need to study. Mm-hmm. You need to get in tune with your roots. You mm-hmm. need to find your blackness. But you don't have to act a certain way in order to be a true black person. You just have to recognize what's what. You get what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. But yeah, so Green Book is dope, man. Get out and watch it yourself. Upgrade. Upgrade. Saw it. Upgrade. Saw it last week. It's definitely a slept on movie. I enjoyed it. You know, like they, they made a slick looking movie with a shoestring budget. Yeah. And I thought it was great. The story was great. It was different. It was. Um, I think it was probably my favorite uh, science fiction movie of the year. Yeah. I really believe that. It's definitely in my top 10. I enjoyed that a lot. I saw that in the theater, too. Um, you know, I just be going and trying movies. And I was like, let me let me see what this is about. Real good movie. Um, guy gets a computer chip in him, which heals his body. And the computer chip... Um, well, I won't tell y'all the story, yeah. but go see it. Man. It's, it's, try to find it. It's, uh, right. it's upgrade. Right. Um, very similar to Venom. Some controversy about that. Um, but Upgrade was it. A very, very surprising and slept on movie for me was Night School. Night School. It was Tiffany Haddish, Kevin Hart. Very comedic cast. Mm-hmm. Romani Malco was the star of the movie, in my opinion. He was the funniest person. But the movie in general was very funny. It wasn't corny or cheesy. Okay. Like I suspected it could be. Very, very funny movie. So I think people need to go and support that. Find that on the streams. It's a very funny movie to just watch like on some chill time. It's going to keep you rolling. One thing I want to say is I think Tiffany Haddish and Kevin Hart are very talented. And I believe that there's something deeper in them than what they're doing right now in terms of acting. In terms of being in the eight to the, these typical in, in comedies. Roles, typecast. Yeah, in comedies. Right. Like like I, I definitely can see Tiffany Haddish and Kevin Hart um doing more dramas. Right. And I think they would do them well. Right. Actually Kevin did one. It was a little independent movie. Um I forgot the name of it. I saw it. And he did not crack one joke in it the entire movie. He, was, he, he was excellent. Yeah. Yeah. I believe so too. I would like especially for Tiffany, man, um, you know, the ghetto black girl role is, is going to die out. It's going to burn out fast. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm definitely looking forward and I'm hoping that her team gets her, you know, more serious roles because I do, like you think, that she has more in her right. than those roles. Like in this movie, actually, she has that ghetto black girl, mm-hmm. you know what I mean, persona somewhat, but she does kind of mellow it out. It's not as over the top. Right. As in some of the other movies. I mean, a good indication that she can do more, just watch like the last 10 minutes of Keanu mm-hmm. and how she just plays a cop and just plays it straight. I mean, you told me about and, that. Um, I haven't seen that. And, you know, you're like, she can do more than what she's doing, but right. she is talented. Right. The reemergence of my boy Spike Lee, man. Yes. Black Klansman. Yes. Yeah. 
Favorite movie. I mean, like, I'm a Spike Lee fan, you know. But that being said, I thought, you know, he was kind of losing it a little bit. I thought so, With too. the last couple of movies. Um, but Black Klansman was great. The last five minutes of the movie, felt like I got punched in the gut. I mean, he killed it. Um, my favorite scene in the movie by far is... Uh, uh, too late to turn back now. The dance party scene. Yeah, you love that. I, I love that scene. That's like my favorite part of the movie. But uh, Spike is is still doing it, man. You man, know? he reemerged because, like you said, I thought he was losing it for a second. And I'm a Spike Lee fan as right. well. Um, you know, significant as a, as a black filmmaker, I look at Spike very highly, and I appreciate him a lot. Him and John Singleton are my two. I feel like they they started to kind of shift black black film a lot mm-hmm. by you know telling these stories and they they're very much they're hip hop you know what i mean they come from hip hop the beginnings and the the emergence of hip hop you know what i mean so i can appreciate that a lot right you know they they at that cross where you know they still got the the soul but they kind of like you know their origins kind of like started through hip hop like with fight the power and different things like that and of course you know john had ice cube in his movie, you know what I mean, and Boys in the Hood. So, you know, um, I think I thought Black Klansman was good. It's it's heavy on dialogue, so I think you know you definitely need to have like proper rest in order to watch that film. But if you have time and you you know you wide awake, I think that's a great movie to watch. Um, Spider Man into the Spider Verse. How how'd you feel about that, man? A plus, man. A plus. A plus. Yeah, definitely. Um, visually, it was stunning, and I I just. I mean, the story was great um, without giving too much away. It had a lot of heart, had a lot of heart. And um, I thought it was great. That brings a point to me uh, up that I thought about the film Mm -hmm. is I loved it a lot, but I thought that it seemed like a series like to me. Right. Like you say, like you didn't want it to end. Right. I felt like. That was a couple episodes of what should have been right. a series, like on Netflix. Like on Netflix, okay. like I feel like if they they put that as a series, like ten episodes, like it would kill it, mm-hmm. or thirty minute episodes. However, they wanted to put it, I felt like that would be dope for kids and adults to go and watch that on Netflix or you know whatever streaming service. Like that's some movies and some some films. I feel like. You know they they would be better as series because I really enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Um, the fresh take on Spider Man when they brought out you know all kinds of Spider Mans from like around right. You know what I mean? Different you know, universes, we different yeah. universes. Like we really hadn't seen that right. Um, and then seeing you know the Puerto Rican and black uh, Spider Man was pretty dope. He had the Jordan ones on. Mm-hmm. You know, big big time in the culture. So that was a great unique spin. Hopefully they make it into a TV show though. And, that would be that um, would be great episodes because I I would love to see that. I will watch that sometime on my spare time. Um, a big slept on movie to me that I thought was good that you know it felt like the the um, the production companies might have kind of like fell back on Robin Hood a little bit because mm-hmm. I it felt like it was gonna be promoted bigger mm-hmm. in the beginning mm-hmm. and then they kind of fell back on it like all right we just gonna release it. But it didn't get as much push as I thought it would get. I saw a couple trailers and that was it. Right. 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 It was a real quick. It was a real quick pass through. But I thought that it was a good film. Did you get an opportunity to see uh, Robin Hood? No, I, I didn't get a chance to see it. I, th- um, I thought it was a good film, man. Um, I, I definitely thought it was a good film. Unique spin on it as well. You know, they wasn't wearing tights and, you know, riding around. It, <laughs> I, I thought they I thought they did a real good job on that. And um, a lot of people didn't like Jamie's accent. Is what I heard in there. It didn't. It didn't bother me though. Just nitpicking. You know how people do. Right. Um, a Star Is Born. Did you get a chance to see A Star Is Born? Haven't seen it yet. Yeah. Haven't seen it yet. I'm. I'm going to check it out though. I miss a lot of the like the blockbuster movies. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but um, kind of like the opposite of what normal right, people right normal people do. Right. But right. I'm. A, I'm a definitely. It's on my list. Right. It's on my list along with um Hereditary and um. And a quiet place. So, like, I miss those big, you know, big movies. Right. But I'm gonna check them out. A Star's Born was really, really dope to me. Mm-hmm. Um, watching it, it, fit, it felt tailor made for awards. Okay. You know what I mean? You know how some movies feel tailor made for mm-hmm. awards? Might not necessarily be my favorite film or the best film of the year, but it's really good. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I like seeing Lady Gaga in a different light. Right. I didn't know what Lady Gaga looked like for maybe might not have recognized her on the street before Stars Born. Right. I'm, you know, I'm not even being funny. <laughs> right. Like, because last time I see, I'm not, I'm not a huge into pop music. Mm-hmm. I know who they are, mm-hmm. like by music and voice, but I'm not huge into pop music. And my last images of Lady Gaga is like in a meat suit. Yeah. You know what I mean? And. So seeing Lady Gaga peel back the layers mm-hmm. and actually, because she did a great job in this film, but seeing her face and just seeing her move around was just very dope to me. You know what I'm saying? So I that's what I really appreciated about A Star is Born. And I also think that Homeboy directed and, uh, and acted well in it too. And his music sounded good. The soundtrack is banging. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? The soundtrack is good. So I really like A Star is Born. Um... The Hate You Give is real dope. Um, you know, so it's one of those movies that'll get you riled up, get you in your emotions. You know what I'm saying? Watching watching that movie, um, I, it was tough. Yeah. It was it was very tough. Because if it's a real it's a real life situation right. movie. Like there's people who's you know, they telling a lot of people's story mm-hmm. in that. You know what I mean? And um I thought I thought that was really good. Um, you know, indie film, one of those movies that that you know you hope people get out and support. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I thought it was real. One good. of one of my favorite things about it is is um, you know you'll have a white friend who who doesn't think that they're racist, but they are racist. Yeah, and that was exposed in that movie. Uh-huh. And I had never seen that you know done before. Really. Right. You know, right. I, I just thought that was different. And I thought it, you know, it, it it gave it that edge for me to say, hey, you know, that was definitely one of my favorite movies of, of this year. Yeah, I got a black friend. I'm not racist. Exactly. That that situation. Exactly. Yeah, definitely. But it went in depth though. It like, did. Like, like it slowly unraveled. It it, it did. Yeah, and it, I like the way they did that. Yeah, so. it's real good, man. I mm-hmm. I enjoyed it a lot. Um, that goes to you know the the African American films and, and us telling our stories, man. Mm-hmm. You know, we we talked about the hate you give. We talked about blind spotting. Sorry to bother you. You know these are these are movies. Black Panther, of course. We these are movies. Black Klansmen. Yeah. We these are movies that are telling our stories from our lens. So I'm really excited about that. You know, moving into this year and, and getting things into production. Mm-hmm. I'm really excited about that. You know, um, I feel like there's a place and a market for, you know, my vision. You get what I mean. Mm-hmm. Um, it's all about timing. I feel like the timing is right. You get what I'm saying? Uh, that was beautiful. A movie that a lot of people didn't see that I thought was really good because it's a, you know, it's a, a PG-13 kid movie was Uncle Drew. I thought that they executed that well. Who was in that? Uh, Kyrie Irving. Okay. Uh, Rail. Rail Howery was in that. Uh, you know, Shaq, Reggie Miller, mm-hmm. uh, Lisa Leslie, um, Chris Webber. You know, a lot of the retired people were in it. And they were all playing, you know, like older people. Like, you know, it's, you know, it's, it's a comedy. Mm-hmm. It's a basketball comedy. But I just thought that that movie was executed really well. And I think that's a movie that this generation of kids would really enjoy. And they probably really enjoy. You know what I mean? It's... Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't put it on a Space Jam level. Space Jam is just iconic. That was right. my, you know, my time period as an elementary um, school kid. So, you know, Space Jam is what it is. How you feel about Space Jam two being made? Um, I've only seen Space Jam one time. Okay. So, like, you know, I don't. I'm not really connected to you, it like yeah, that. Yeah, you were younger yeah, when it came out. Yeah, so, um, yeah. you know, I'm pretty sure it was, it was you like magical. It, you seen it as like a teen. Like, yeah, you yeah. Know, like, you cartoon. Know, I thought it was good. Right. I thought it was good. Right. But um, some people are saying, you know, like, don't mess up a classic. But, you know, I think every generation probably needs a movie like that. Well, do an original one if you got to do it. That's yeah. how I feel. Yeah. And I, and I hate to be like that. But it is know? a sequel, so, right? It's a lot of brothers. It's not Michael Jordan. Okay. But is it a reboot or is it a sequel? I don't know what it is. Okay. I'm not sure. I mean, well, I, it's nothing wrong with it being a sequel. Now, now, if you're rebooting it, you know, I think I don't that would be a mistake. Sequel, man. Okay. I want Michael Jordan to be Michael Jordan. You know what I'm saying? Like, and, and it's I'm not even. You know, I don't want to get too deep into that because I do appreciate LeBron. Right. Right. But some stuff is legacy to me, mm-hmm. and if you are competing with someone's legacy, mm-hmm. then you need to do your own stuff. Right. 
You get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, how can you follow everything I do mm-hmm. and say you're better than me? Mm-hmm. You get what I mean? Right. Like, what original are you creating? What are you doing that I haven't done right. to make you better than me? You can't just, like, follow everything I do and say you better than me, right? I can, I can respect that. You get I what I'm saying? That. Like, how? what are you doing? Right. Like, if you're going to be greater than Jay-Z, mm-hmm. what are you doing that Jay-Z didn't do? Right. You get what I'm saying? Like you have to be original in order and you have to be better than that person in those statistical categories or in life period. So, you know, that's just how I feel. But Ryan Cool is producing it. So African-American director, mm-hmm. I'm going to go see it still. Mm-hmm. You get what I mean? I'm going to support the movie, mm-hmm. but I just don't want a Space Jam but, 2. I mean, if 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 Kugler's behind it, I don't I can't see it being trash. I don't think you it's going to be trash. Okay. I just think that you need to be original. <laughs> You know, uh, and and that's one thing too. Studios do money grabs. Mm-hmm. You can see where that can be a money grab potentially. Right. So you're gonna produce that regardless. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And I don't like movies like that. So that's added on. I don't like money grab movies. Right. You know what I'm saying? I don't like you to just be like, you know what? We should do this because that will bring money in. Mm-hmm. You know, I like originality. So that's where when we were talking about people mad at people going to see Marvel movies, mine is more so. When you do money grabs and you can see from a mile away that this is just a money grab. Like if it's not going to be as unique or or better than the original, you need to make your own movie. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So that's that just bothered me. It's a legacy movie. You know what I mean? So make your own thing. You um you really like Bohemian Rhapsody. Um, I love Bohemian Rhapsody. That's 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 real movie making right there. Mm-hmm. That um, I've never seen anything like it before. You know, I, I grew up when when Queen was was huge. Right. You know, I was a little kid, but I've, I've always been a music head, so I was always heavily into like their stuff. And um, that movie is it's just phenomenal. Like the last fifteen minutes, the whole recreation of Live Aid, being like a child and watching Live Aid, and then seeing them recreate Live Aid, Queen's performance, frame by frame. Was amazing, and and the thing about it is that was the first thing they shot because you know movies aren't shot in order, right. but that was like the live aid scene was the first scene they shot. Right, you know, first day of shooting was live aid. Right, it was just good. You felt that the story represented uh, Freddie Mercury in the right uh, way. Um, I heard, I heard that they kind of shied away from certain parts of his life. Yeah, I mean, it, it was PG thirteen. Yeah. You know, and and I I was the first person to say that PG thirteen is the hand job of movie ratings. I wanted to be rated for, R for a rock for a right. rock group. I don't PG thirteen exactly. <laughs> however, they still made a good movie. Though, however, man. they made a phenomenal movie with PG thirteen. And um, That's impressive. and um, you know, because I think um, you know, someone else was attached to play Freddie Mercury. It was um, the Borat guy. I forgot. I can't think of his name. Right yeah. Now. Okay. The guy who uh, from Mr. Robot, Remy Malik. Okay. Well, hope I'm saying his name right. He was Freddie Mercury to me. Okay. And I mean, he looked. Uh, I'm not. I won't. I won't lie and say that I'm really like into Queen. Mm-hmm. But looking at the clips and everything, he did look and move right. Like you know what I mean. Well, he had a coach, you know, and like those moves, like even him just walking, that was choreographed. He had someone kind of like training him the entire time, and he watched like. Hours and hours of interviews with Freddie on YouTube before he even auditioned. So mm-hmm. he was destined to play this. They role, need man. to put. They need to put um, casting in in award shows mm-hmm. for awards mm-hmm. because casting can make or miss a movie. You know, they, it can, it can create real big problems in a movie. Right. If you if you don't cast right, so I think that they should campaign and put uh and put that into the movies uh awards. That's, that's a, a tough job. That's a tough job. It's a very good idea. That's a real tough job. Um, shows, man. Um, Cobra Kai, the YouTube. It's their first hit. It's their first hit show, man. Loved it. You yeah. told me to watch it. Yeah. You told me to watch it. You were like, hey, you have to check this out. Cobra Kai. It's a continuation of the Karate Kid mm-hmm. franchise. I binge watched, like, what? Episodes one through five the first night. Right. And then I finished five through ten. Uh, I think second, I did it in two days. Second too. day. And um thirty minute episodes. Yeah, and, and you also realize that going back, looking at the first one, um, Daniel was a he was an asshole. Yeah, he you was know what yeah, I'm saying? They, they they put that they yeah. put that spin on there. They because did. when you watching the karate kid in the beginning, mm-hmm. 
as a kid and as a younger person, you mm-hmm. don't look at it through someone else's eyes. Exactly. So they put it through. Uh, what's what's Cobra Kai uh, guy's name? Uh, let me find that. They put it through his lens. Everybody that's seen Karate Kid, his his arch nemesis, they put it through his lens and and gave kind of like his perspective of Johnny. why he was why Johnny was such mm-hmm. a, a asshole. Exactly. Um, as a kid, you know, he had some family things and pressures going on, along with you know his his dumbass coach. But the thing is this: the the thing is this. Someone put together a YouTube video about why Daniel was in the wrong. Have you seen that? I haven't. Yeah, like it's on YouTube. I'm not going to say he was in the wrong, though, because he was new to the neighborhood. <laughs> he was. Man. He was. Like but... they was they was running to fuck him up from the, from the jump. <laughs> Johnny gave him a pass, though, you know, at what? the beach, dodging him. He was trying to fight him, you know. Don't like... tell me you sitting here and you turned into a Cobra Kai man, by watching I see, YouTube. I see nothing wrong with Cobra Kai, man. <laughs> It's nothing. It's got to turn into a Cobra Kai, man. I mean, I was rooting for them to win. I'm gonna tell you what, them you bone, know? them bone suits is legendary. Oh, yeah. I'll give you that, but I'm not a Cobra Kai. Man. I'm all about. Cobra I'm not, Kai, man. man. Give me Mr. Miyagi and give me Daniel. Man. I'm all about Cobra Kai, <laughs> <man>. Daniel, need, <laughs> Daniel, Daniel needed his ass whipped. Man, <laughs> you know. he's trying to mess with Johnny's girl, man. Come on, man. Come he on, do it to the block. He ain't even know. Yo. Man, he knew. Come on, still man. trying to talk to him. Oh, man. Go back and watch the first karate. I'm gonna go back and watch again, and I'm gonna look. I'm gonna look through this new lens, but I'm not switching sides. This is a lifelong. Man, it's Cobra Kai. This is lifelong. I'm I'm, I'm I'm rocking with Mr. Miyagi. Lifelong. Uh, Snowfall is a is a show that I watch. Um, John Singleton is behind. Very very dope. I think slept on. Um, the kid is from Britain. Mm-hmm. Um, I think his name is Damson Idris. That sounds right. I've heard someone say his name. I think I think that's right or close. Uh, he was working with Dub C to get his uh, get his his West Coast lingo and, mm-hmm. and bop together. You know what I mean? It's it's a real interesting show about the eighties and about uh, the crack epidemic and how everything rolls. Uh, I think it's real authentic, man, and it's, it's real interesting. It keeps you glued to the screen. The last episode of season two is like. It should be. It should win some awards. Okay. Um. I think John directed that himself and wrote that himself. Um. Amazing show, man. Two seasons now. Um. We two seasons in now. Watch Snowfall if you get a chance. Um. Real creative. Let's go. Um. Let's let's talk about some music, man. Um, okay. You know we can't we can't get that out. You can't leave that out the podcast. Um. What's your favorite album of the year? Oh man, that's an easy one for me. Pusher. Push the T, Daytona. King Push. We from Virginia, so is uh people gonna say that we biased if we I don't if care we put that there. You don't care. I don't care. <laughs> I don't care who won the who won the battle, him or Drake? Pusher definitely won that. Pusher definitely won the battle. It's like Pusher read the art of war and just just you, you can't control killed it. popularity. Mm-hmm. If you go by just old traditional hip hop standards, mm-hmm. mano y mano. Push murdered this shit. Yeah, you get what I'm saying. He did. He did. It's it's you know it's it's just a different game when it comes to you know the beef and all of that type of stuff. You know I'm I'm into this, so I don't I don't want to choose sides and I don't want to get too heavy into it. But Pusha T definitely won, and I feel like Pusha T's album um, is a candidate for album of the year. But I can't be biased. I gotta say that I thought it was too short. Um. I like personally, I like five of the seven songs. Mm-hmm. So to me, he gave me an EP, a tremendous EP mm-hmm. is how I look at that album, you know, and that and that to me is what takes it out of favorite album of the year or possibly album of the year contention because it still might win. It's mm-hmm. good enough. It is. But I just Definitely. think it's too short. I would have liked to have like three more songs. I think I think it's it's a perfect album except for the song with Kanye. I don't believe Kanye West produced that album. I don't believe he made those beats. I don't care what anyone says. I, I definitely think it was a ghost producer. Kanye put his name on it. There's no way Kanye made those beats. He's not ghetto enough right now and uh and black enough to to produce um that hard of an album. Right. You know what I'm saying? Um and for the record, I'm not a Kanye fan at this point. Uh, I'm not going to shy away from that fact, you know. So, it is what it is. But Pusha T, Daytona, uh Really outstanding body of work. Short, um, 
But you know, if he win, I won't be mad. Right. You know what I'm saying? Him and Nipsey bringing cornrows back. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They both they both Grammy nominated. Nipsey is my favorite album of the year. Um, I've been a Nipsey fan and supporter for a long time. I just appreciate him, the realness, the the knowledge. You know what I mean? Always been been a wise one. You know, we we a few months apart in age too, so a lot of his. You know, of course, I'm not from Cali, so I don't. I, the gangbang culture is not something that I'm super familiar with on a a personal level, but everything else in terms of, you know, just that struggle and that striving and and trying to boss up and, 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 you know, buying back your community and bringing stuff to your community, you know, that's something that I always appreciated about his art and his music. Um, Been one of my favorite rappers for a long time. Like, I'm telling people about him that just like ignoring me, Mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? So it's good to see him start to get national. Because I told people a long time ago, I was like, if Nipsey take this serious, he could be a top three rapper in the game. Okay. You know what I mean? So that was real. That was real. It's real good to see him and him and push, uh, you know, get nominated on this level. Because that don't happen often, man. These no. these sorts of albums, you know, that don't have the big, super huge singles mm-hmm. don't usually get these kind of, you know. I think I think people now, it's, it's like, it's the new thing is kind of just like recognizing art, you know. Mm-hmm. Versus, you know, just like fillers. How it should be. Yeah. And that's exactly how it should be. That's how it should be. Um, I'm not, I'm not, I don't listen to Travis as much as some people do. Mm-hmm. But in fairness, I thought that he made an incredible body of work. It was good. I listened to it one time. It was good. You know, I, I'm older, but um, I did like the album. Um, and I would have loved to see the live show. The live show I want to see Travis. I want to see Travis uh, live. Yeah, the Astroworld tour mm-hmm. seemed like it was. You know, I've heard great things about him performance wise. Anyway, right. But the tour that probably was just an experience, man. You know, gotta give gotta give a shout out to to Travis, man. He he doing his thing. He killing it. So you know, not my particularly my lane of of music. I listen to. I, I tend to listen more to. Um, like street poets and, and 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 scholars, you know what I mean. That's that's more my type of hip hop. You know mm-hmm. what I mean. Somebody that I can relate to, um, the story I can relate to. You know, I don't I don't really get that connection with Travis, but I think he makes decent music, and I thought that that was a great album that he put together. Um, another slept on album is J Rock. You know, that's J Rock is my type of artist, right. though. You know what I'm saying? Right. That's a good album. He's right. He's right in my lane for mm-hmm. a type of artist. You know that that Money Trees versus is etched in stone, um, and you know he's developing and, and growing as an artist himself. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. this is a, a tremendous body of work, very slept on. This could compete with any of these albums that we name in, in my opinion, for album of the year. Um, you know, just I don't know. Uh, commercially, people just tend to, you know subscribe to certain artists and then other artists kind of get pushed to the side Mm -hmm. you know i mean that's just the gist of it but j-rock's album can compete with anybody's to me um how'd you feel you like j-rock i like j-rock okay i like j-rock um he got a good push on twitter too when that um when that album dropped right an album that a lot of people might not um agree with me is rich homie kwan Rich in spirit. A lot of people might not even rich as in spirit. They might not even listen to the album. I haven't listened to that. Right. Because a lot of this is like popularity, like Mm -hmm. we say, and he's not hot as he was a few years ago. Mm -hmm. So he's flying under the radar, but he's making incredible music. The one thing about Rich Homie Kwan is he is a talented artist. A lot of people don't realize that, but he's a really talented artist. Mm -hmm. His body's a work. Outside of the the rich gang thing, kind of like sidetracked him a little bit. He started to kind of go, you know, other lanes. But but Rich Homie Kwan is a very very talented artist to me. And you know, I like rappers from anywhere. It don't matter to me. I'm from right. Virginia, and we just talked about West Coast artists. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Um, you know, so it don't matter where you're from to me. If you make good music and your music serve a purpose, I rock with it. And I thought that that was a great body of work that was slept on. Um, also, Mozzie. Mozzie is from Sacramento. Um, tough to me. Like I said, that ghetto gospel, them street poets, really, really good album. You know what I mean? I, I think that he will continue to grow and more and more people will continue to be. He makes music reminiscent of the time. We we close in age too. He makes music reminiscent of those 
Rough Rider days. Okay. You know, the more grittier. He's from Sacramento, so it don't sound New York. Mm-hmm. But that that kind of lane where you make kind of like the, the, the hard, rugged music, mm-hmm. lyrical music, real lyrical, lyrical dude, you know, um, the lingo is definitely a little different. You got to get used to the lingo just because, you know, Northern California cats got that. Right. Got that whole different lingo. But uh, real tough, man. And you like uh, you like Royce album. A lot of people like Royce album. Royce. Yeah. Royce of Fire 9, man. It's a hidden gem. Um, it's definitely being overlooked. Um, Royce created a masterpiece, I think. Mm-hmm. And um, it's called uh, Book of Ryan. If you haven't listened to it, listen to it. It's great. If you haven't seen Royce perform live, go see him. In today's world, it's always old versus new. New versus old. Yeah, it is. Um, but, you know, as hip-hop gets older, we're, we're seeing guys in their 40s who are still just as nice as, as they were when they were younger. You know, and Royce is definitely one of them. Speaking <laughs> of that, Styles. Styles we P. Listen, we were listening listen to, to Styles album. albums. Yeah. You know, that was, that's one of them situations where... He don't got the machine behind him at this point. Nope. But that 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 man is is still I think he's making his his best work since Gangsta in the general. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And I'm and I was shocked, and I grew up as a Rough Rider fan, mm-hmm. but I was shocked to listen to this styles. I'm like, where did this come from? Right. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you know, like really, you know, is uh, excellent. Him, his album with Dave East was was even really good. You know what I mean? So I really appreciated that. And that and and talking about old versus new, how you feel about the Bone Thugs and Migos situation? That's unfortunate because like basically all of what happened was you know I forgot which member Migos said you know hey we you know we're the best group ever. And then I think Busy Bone got upset. Probably you know. Quavo. I don't know, but yeah. he's he's the head man. So yeah, I mean, it was just it was a general statement. Yeah, he got upset. You know, and went after him. You know, it, it was it's unnecessary. I thought it was unnecessary. I do, as a millennial, I do hate when we disrespect our legends. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause it's you know it's all a representation to me too. You know what I mean? I, I, I own it. I'm proud to be a millennial. You know what I mean? But certain times I'm like, yo, y'all kind of got to, you know, back away. But in, in, in this situation, I definitely thought that Bone Thugs overreacted and Bone Thugs are great. They're yeah. legendary. And, and, and a lot of the music today stems and trickles down from Bone Thugs, creativity mm-hmm. and style. If you listen to this music, chopping up the flows and harmonizing and all of this type of stuff, I mean, they're Bone they Thugs in first. harmony. Yeah. And then they came out, it was nothing like them. So a lot of the music today, the sounds and the melodies, a lot of that comes from Bone Thugs. And that might stem from conversations that they had with each other. Right. That they, this frustration is comes stems from more than just Migos' general statement. Because they didn't say we're better than Bone Thugs. Right. They just said, and and rap is a competitive sport. If you don't feel like you can be the best or you are the best, you probably shouldn't be doing it. Mm-hmm. Right? Now, it can be a lie if you say I'm the best. Mm-hmm. You get what I'm saying? But you should feel like you can compete. And that's in any competition. You know what I mean? You can't get on the basketball court and say this person's better than me. Even if they are, tonight he's not going to be. Right. You get what I'm saying? You got to go out there for the win. So I, I just feel, you know, Bone is, is, is above that. They, their legacy can't be touched by anybody or it is what it is. What they've done, they've done. And you see remnants of them through all these, a lot of these artists nowadays with the harmonizing. So I just think they need to chill. You know what I'm saying? And, and let me go eat. It's daytime. And it's a time too now. If Bone Thugs wanted to make an album and get out here and get some money, they could. They could. Because we in a retro time. We in a time where a lot of artists, and especially now, I think Jay-Z, in my opinion, mm-hmm. Jay-Z pushed this age out. And he made a great point. He said mm-hmm. rap was the only genre of music where the legends get old and they not supposed to make music no more. Right. Every other every other genre of music, you continue to tour, you continue to make music until you can't walk or you can't sing. Like the no Rolling more. Stones. Right. You know yeah, what I'm saying? I, actually I think Bone, I think they're I think they still tour. I think okay. they're managed by I mean, Steve Lobel. They are. But you're exactly right. Um, you know They're it, above that. They're above that. Yeah. They didn't they didn't need to do that, you know? So um uh the newer album, Meek Mill, Championships. Yeah. Great album, man. I think so. Um, there is some filler. Yeah. Could have been a little shorter, but I loved it. I like this new Meek. I like this responsible Meek. I like the responsible Meek. Mm-hmm. The growth. Um, Rock Nation is a monster. Mm-hmm. Um, they, 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 they knew what they wanted the direction of Meek to go in, and they started early. 
They started campaigning early, putting them, you know, in the prison reform and all of this type of things. And and I see him progressively um, becoming more educated about what he's speaking about. You know what I mean? He don't feel like a fish out of the water when he gets in front of cameras and he has to talk about his purpose and his cause now. Like I can see the growth. So I definitely appreciate that. And and, uh, I agree with you. I think it could have been shorter. I think if it was about 12 songs... It could easily be album of the year. Okay. And I mean, some people still might think it's, it's it's the best album of the year. I think it's one of the best. It is. But I still would put Nipsey there. Um, I think the collective, because I think putting a body of work together that's cohesive mm-hmm. matters a lot when picking albums. And I think sometimes championship is championships is not cohesive as it should be. I feel like it scatters around. It's standout songs that give you that feeling. You know, championships, uh, respect the game, oodles and noodles. Mm -hmm. Um, Those songs just give me a certain feeling. And he killing it so crazy. A lot of people like trauma. Those songs give me that crazy feeling. And I think that feeling of the album is what lasts and Mm -hmm. why people feel so strongly about that album. You know, lyrically, he's killing it, though. I'm glad to see him get out. You shouldn't go to prison for popping a willy. No. I don't care if you got a record or whatever. People like, he got to stop doing... Bro, he popping a willy. Like, you want somebody to go to prison for a willy? Like, popping a willy, you must be a cop. Like, you must be a crooked cop, too. You know what I'm saying? But but overall, I thought that... Uh, you know, artistically, I thought that this was a great year, man. Um, I really did, man. I, I, I really did. I'm, I'm happy about the year. I'm happy about the way that culture is going. Um, as, as a whole... How was 2018 for you as as a man living in this in in America, as a black man living in America? Um, with the current administration, you know that we're under, I feel like uh, the energy is just not good. Yeah, it's, it's not great. It's embarrassing. It is for me. 2018 was a was a a year of uh, like I said, just building. Um. I got to a point at home where I felt like I hit a ceiling and I knew that I needed to make a change in order to reach my maximum potential. Mm-hmm. I got a lot of art that I was putting to the side. You know, I had a business running. And I was making a lot of money that wasn't involving entertainment. And I just was kind of like, I didn't want to get content. You know what I mean? So I decided to make this leap. And um, I'm just really grateful for the year I had. It, it was a good year for me. It was very quiet. But, you know, I didn't miss no meals. You know what I mean? I I, I made a big transition across country. When I look back at my life, I'm going to look at this year as a transition year Mm -hmm. because that's basically my whole year was about. It was about transitioning from VA to cross country to get closer to my dreams and getting here and actually beginning to work. I got my first film industry check in the mail about a week ago. Which was great. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, you know, I've only been here. It hasn't even been two months yet. And, you know, I'm already working and I'm already linking and I got things lined up. So, you know, anybody that know me know that's what's going to happen anyway. You know what I mean? But I'm just grateful for the year, man. Good health. Um, You know, it's just time to get to work, man. You know what I'm saying? So, I feel you. Right. So I appreciate everybody for listening. If you lasted this long, we getting there to an hour. The first episode. Um, I'm just appreciative, man. God bless you. Happy New Year. I hope you're looking forward to the art that I'm about to bring because we're about to flood the streets. You know, my man is going to be with me too. And, um, you know, God bless. Good night.